the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back. Thursday, August 5th, 2021. This is the Seth Liebson Show. I'm Seth 602-508-0960. If you'd like to get in on the conversation, the party said that Oceania had never been in alliance with Eurasia. He, Winston Smith, knew that Oceania had been in alliance with Eurasia as short a time as four years ago. But where did that knowledge exist? Only in his own consciousness, which in any case would soon be annihilated. And if all others accepted the lie which the party imposed, if all records told the same tale, then the lie passed into history and became the truth. Who controls the past ran the party slogan, controls the future. Who controls the present controls the past. And yet the past, though of its nature alterable, never had been altered. Whatever was true now was true from everlasting to everlasting. It was quite simple. All that was needed was an unending series of victories over your own memory. Reality control, they called it. In Newspeak, it was known as double. Listener Charles writes, President Biden is honoring the Capitol Police again in the Rose Garden. Not the regular police across the nation risk their lives. They just risk their lives for our lives. We, the simple citizens. We, the simple citizens. Yeah, that's right, Charles. Charles. Now the Capitol Police, they save the butts of the people that count, and we aren't them. I didn't notice any words for David Dorn. Or Ashley Babbitt, they don't count either. Thanks, Joe. Another statement in the long marathon of remembrance for the worst day in human history for them, the Democratic in Washington establishment, January 6th. You know whose name you also didn't hear? George Gonzalez. George Gonzalez was part of the Pentagon Protection Force, Pentagon Police. He was stabbed to death Tuesday, two days ago. No words about him. But listen to Joe Biden take to the podium today in what Charles is describing, the honoring of the January 6th officers. This is just about, I don't know, an hour and a half ago. Folks, uh, not even during the Civil War. Did insurrectionists breach the capital of the United States of America? I want to I want to take this bit by bit. Not even since the Civil War. Second time he's made a comparison uh, to January 6th, with January 6th being the superlative. Not even in the Civil War was the capital breached. No, 600,000 people plus were killed. Not even during the Civil War was the capital breached. Yes, those were true insurrectionists. If January 6th had true insurrectionists, then one would have hoped that the D.C. 
or the federal officers involved, the Department of Justice, would have charged at least one of the January 6th rioters with insurrection. There isn't a single charge, not a single charge of insurrection. Go on, Bill. The citadel of our democracy. Not even then. But on January the 6th, 2021, they did. They did. A mob of extremists and terrorists launched a violent and deadly assault on the people's house. Deadly assault. Deadly assault. Let's just keep that word in mind as we go forward. Go ahead, Bill. To certify a free and fair election. It wasn't dissent. It wasn't debate. It wasn't democracy. It was insurrection. It was riot and mayhem. It was radical and chaotic. And it was unconstitutional, and maybe most important, it was fundamentally un-American. Interesting that he cares about the Constitution today, when two days ago he said extending the moratorium would be unconstitutional, only for us to wake up yesterday to find out that he had extended the moratorium. By the way, in exactly the way the Supreme Court said was unconstitutional. The Supreme Court in July said that the only way this would pass constitutional muster was through congressional action. It didn't say CDC action. You know why it didn't say CDC and executive authority action? You know why? Because the Supreme Court members and the federal judiciary did something far more important than go to law school before they took their oaths of office. They watched how a bill became a law when they were probably eight or nine years old at the oldest in Schoolhouse Rock. And I will ask anyone who forgets Schoolhouse Rock and how a bill becomes a law or how law is made in the United States to go back to all those wonderful educational videos on YouTube or whatever Whatever, whatever site you like, and find me where it says a law becomes a law through executive action or the CDC. It doesn't, which is why the Supreme Court said it required congressional action. So it's a little precious to hear Joe Biden talk about human beings and citizens acting unconstitutionally, which by definition they can't do if they're not in power and not in elected or appointed office. The Constitution was not written against the citizenry. The Constitution was written to protect the citizenry from overactive government. You can't sue an individual citizen for doing something unconstitutional or, for that matter, un-American. You can charge an individual citizen with the federal crime of insurrection. That has not been done. Not been done. Continue. The next essential threat and a test of whether our democracy could survive. Existential threat. It's a word you hear thrown around a lot, existential. You know what it means? It means existence. 
The first time I heard it used in the parlance of our times was when it was said by Israel that Iran posed an existential threat to them because it wanted to wipe them off the face of the earth. That's an existential threat. It's an existential threat when your existence is put in jeopardy. When your existence is put in jeopardy, I will remind that this insurrection that began at 1 o'clock and disrupted democracy had those constitutional officers, members of the House and Senate, back at their desks doing their job by 8 p.m. Go ahead, Bill. Whether it could overcome lies and overcome the fury of a few who were seeking to thwart the will of the many. While the attack on our values and our votes shocked and saddened the nation, our democracy did survive. It did. Truth defeated lies. We did overcome. And that's because of the women and men of the U.S. Capitol Police, the Washington, D.C. Metropolitan Police Department, and other law enforcement officials who we honor today. Speaker Pelosi, who led the effort in the House, Senator Globuchar and Blunt, co-sponsors of the legislation in the Senate, and all my colleagues, Pat Leahy and House members as well that are here, thank you. Thank you. Today, I'm going to sign into law the bill you sent to me that awards the Congressional Gold Medal to the United States Capitol Police, the Washington, D.C. Metropolitan Police Department, and other law enforcement for their service in defense of our democracy on January the 6th. To all of them, on behalf of our grateful nation, thank you, thank you, thank you for protecting our capital. Maybe even more importantly, for protecting our Constitution and saving the lives of duly elected members of the Senate and the House and their staffs. Does it come These, to you... Does it come to you as precious, again, that these tripartite or treble thank yous come only after January 6th and not after July 1st through 31st, not after June 1st through 30th, not after August 1st through 30th, and not after September 1st through 31st, when 30 people were killed in riots in the name of something Kamala Harris was donating money and soliciting donations of money to and the people who committed those acts of violence. As Joe Biden continues, he mentions the name of two slain police officers that day. Brian Sitnik, of course, is one of them. We've talked about him. You know it. his death had nothing to do with January 6th. And then he mentioned the name of another police officer, Billy Evans. I had not heard that name before, so I looked up his death. Billy Evans was a cop who died on January 6th. He was hit by a driver in a car. The driver got out after he struck this officer and was himself slain by officers. This driver's name was Noah Green. He was a member of the Nation of Islam with a lot of disturbing pasts. You think he's part of the insurrection? He's not. 
Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, 602-508-0960. I want to do a shout-out to my good friend Shauna Bullock and her family. Shauna is a candidate running for the office of Secretary of State. It would be a massive improvement. She would be the best Secretary of State in the United States. We're lucky to have her, and we're lucky we have the ability to vote for her, and that's why she has my enthusiastic support. Just wanted to put a quick shout-out to Shauna. Rick is in Phoenix. Hello, Rick. Hello there, my friend Seth. How are you? I'm doing good. How about you today? I'm doing just fine, sir. Thank you. I I have to make a correction, though. Okay. Maybe you and the audience will forgive me for, for the confusion and the cause for the correction. Uh, in my in my previous segment, I was questioning why Joe Biden, in speaking and honoring the Capitol officers who died on January 6th, uh, I was questioning why he mentioned a name I hadn't heard before. We all know the name uh, of Sir Brian Sitnik, and that was mentioned. We also know he did not die because of January 6th. But he mentioned another officer's name I, I had not known, Billy Evans, because he did talk about January 6th being a deadly a deadly insurrection, and yeah. I looked up the killing of Billy Evans. I just I didn't know that case, and I realized his assailant was a disturbed young man, member of the Nation of Islam, and follower of Louis Farrakhan. And uh-huh. uh, I just thought, well, okay, they're going to throw everyone in that they can, um, counting any death that they can as a January 6th death. I assumed Billy... Evans was killed on January 6th, the way Joe Biden brought him up today, in a line with, with, with Officer Sitnik. Yeah. But Billy Evans wasn't killed on January 6th. He was killed in April of this year oh. by a member of the Nation of Islam and a fan of Louis Farrakhan's. Yeah. So anything that can be used to describe the assault on the Capitol on January 6th as a badge of white supremacy or racism goes, including African-American members and supporters of Louis Farrakhan, just so we understand how deep the memory holing is going, okay? I had to get that correction out there. Perhaps the audience will forgive me for the confusion. I was confused because Joe Biden, our president, put his death today in line, uh, on the same line as Officer Sitnik's as as a January, in regard to a January 6th memorial. All right, sir. My bad. More gas Go ahead. Lighting. Yeah. More gaslighting. Absolutely. Wow. Wow. Well, I just wanted to say thank it you. It reminds thank me you. of a Curb Your Enthusiasm episode. Yeah. It reminds me, you know, this 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 is this is where uh this is where art uh art, art doesn't art doesn't match history or fact. Art is now defining politics <laughs> in this country. There was a Curb Your Enthusiasm where someone survived a bicycle accident on the terrible day of September 11th, 2001, but he was described as a survivor of 9-11. Uh-huh. And Larry David wasn't having it. Uh-huh. You can imagine when someone says they were a survivor of 9-11, you're not thinking bike accident in Midtown. Right, right. Wow. When you're thinking about the assault on January 6th, you're not thinking about an April incident committed by a member of Louis Farrakhan's shock troops. Well, good for them for exposing that lie. But unfortunately, those kind of lies are repeated a million times over every day in the left and
and well, that's why I do it. I, you know, that's why I'm pointing media. it out. I don't know who else will point it out today. I just don't. Right. I, I just right. didn't know the name, and I Googled it, and I and I saw. Well, who was his assailant? And then yeah. I looked up a guy named Noah Green, who was a Louis Farrakhan fan. Yeah. Not yeah. not exactly not exactly Trump's base. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, listen. I I also wanted to add in. Uh, he his memory is obviously he's got Alzheimer's apparently because apparently he doesn't remember that in 1969, 1970, and 1971, Bill Ayers and the Weathermen Underground bombed, uh, set off several bombs, including uh, one in the U.S. Capitol building. Bill Bill Ayers in his book says he wished he could do it again. Uh, now, whether right. he's changed his mind since then or not, I don't know. But I know as as late as 2001, he said he'd do it again. Um, right. The, the interesting thing about that is I was in D.C. on 9-11. I've yes. seen what it looks like to have the Capitol evacuated. I've seen yeah. what it means to have the Capitol and senior statesmen evacuated because there are real threats to democracy. I'll just tell you this. On 9-11... People weren't back at work in the Capitol by 8 p.m. Right, right. Yeah, it's a whole it's a whole different thing. It, it just reminds me how much Biden and the others uh, with him use Alinsky tactics. They use the most inflammatory language, throwing out the craziest things. And as you point out, they may not even be related. Yeah, they're not related at all. They're not related at all. It's a good excuse, you know, for for throwing blame and and whatnot. So, yeah, wow. they're, 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 I, I don't see how they can possibly be related at all. It's the second time this week, of course, that January sixth has been invoked by the president and the vice president. The vice president had mentioned two other officers who were fallen, fallen, yep. uh, two other fallen officers, uh, cap, one Capitol, one DC uh, police, one Capitol policeman and one uh, D.C. policeman, uh, uh-huh. they died by suicide. They right. died by suicide, tragically, obviously, uh, within the past uh, couple of weeks. That is not a January 6th casualty. Yeah, absolutely not. But you know how they're related, Seth. Yes. They are related because, as Goebbels or Eichmann or whoever it was said, if you tell a big enough lie and tell it often enough, people will come to believe it's true. And that's, I believe, that's their premise. They're going to just keep telling these lies until, I mean, they obviously are, something is wrong, because they are saying things that are just totally untrue. They're obviously not connected. They're not connected. They are obviously untrue. And more than half the country is going to believe the opposite and the untruth. This is how history works. Unless someone at NPR or the Washington Post fact checker or the New York Times calls out Joe Biden on putting Billy Evans as a January 6th casualty, unless unless someone points that out other than, you know, some lonely old Phoenix talk show host, (laughs) (laughs) it will end up in obviously the transcript from the White House, and that'll be the news story. And years from now, people will see that two cops died defending the Capitol on January 6th when two right, cops did right. not. 
Well, thank you for the expose in your monologue. Keep up the great work, Seth. Love you, Rick. Thanks. 602-5080-960. Be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Your mind is not your own. Just so you know, I'm not making this up. I wouldn't have known the name Billy Evans if I hadn't heard the president speak of him. This also was part of today's uh, uh, presser with Joe Biden. And the second time to honor Billy Evans, who lost his defending the Capitol as well. Both gave the full measure of their devotion to the country at the United States Capitol. The both are Sitnik and Evans. Evans was killed by a follower of Louis Farrakhan in April. In April. The narrative here is that cops died defending the Capitol on January 6th from white supremacists who happened to be supporters of Donald Trump. Brian Sitnik did not die from that. The two officers Kamala Harris memorialized in the context of January 6th, because the officers were there that day, who passed away over the last week, earlier this week that she mentioned and paid tribute to, did not die as a result of January 6th. They died tragically, as too many do, from their own hand. And Billy Evans, respect for him that I have, his memory is being diminished by Joe Biden, including him, in a death and in an incident that was not conflating a death in an incident that did not involve Billy Evans. He was not part of the January 6th casualty list. Again, he wasn't even a casualty of white supremacy. Not unless you think followers of Louis Farrakhan are white supremacists. But in the Democrats' world of newspeak, Anything that could be leveraged as the responsibility and problem of Republicans and conservative-initiated, fueled, sponsored white supremacy will not be turned down and it will not be refused. This is what we are up against. It's not group slander. It's not group libel. It's not group defamation. It's targeting American citizens for their political identity and beliefs. They just don't make voices like Sammy Kershaw's anymore. Uh, welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, 602-508-0960. I was waiting for the show to start. My producer, Bill, was running a little late. I couldn't find him. You know what I found him doing? Changing his shoes. Changing his shoes before the show started. And I asked him why he was doing that. He comes in generally wearing uh, like a black sneaker-type shoe. It could go with black or dark pants as well as you could work out in them. Uh, and, and he was changing into those from sneakers, and I asked him why he was doing that. He runs the stairways every here every day before the show to kind of keep in shape. But I said, "You're Mister Rogers. 
You're Fred Rogers. You, when you come in, for some reason, you need to change your shoes. I never understood why Fred Rogers had – how many people walk home – I understand when people get home and they take off their shoes just to walk around in the house in their sock feet or slippers. That I get. But does anyone really go home and actually change into a different pair of shoes? My producer and Fred Rogers. Mike in Maricopa. Hello, Mike. Yes, Seth. Good afternoon. I got a couple of ideas, observations about Biden and his comments. Yes, sir. First, I'd like to say thank you very much for your broadcast. Uh, I really enjoy it. You don't make people sit on hold for more than an hour. (laughs) (laughs) What do I get, the 58 minutes? (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Okay. And and, uh, we actually can have a conversation. Some of the people, they just sit there and yammer on for 59 minutes, and then they go, oh, hurry up, you got 30 seconds. The only time I'll hurry someone is if there's a break, and I'll usually hold them over if they're in the middle of a point. And and the only reason I do it, Mike, honest to gosh, I learn from you guys. I mean, honest to gosh, this is this is a give and take here. I'm learning more from you. You guys know more than I do. You're out there. I am not. I'm in here. So, I, you know, yes. I, I don't understand hosts that don't want to respect listeners. <laughs> Just it's a host that doesn't respect well, intelligence as yeah, far as I'm concerned. They, they give out the telephone number and then they complain because they got a full board. And I'm thinking, well, take a call. <laughs> <laughs> take a call. I like it, Mike. Yeah. Okay, very good. Uh, the uh, January sixth, the comments about our worst day and yeah. it's a threat to not democracy. Not even, not even during the Civil War was it breached. Yeah, right. Well, there were a couple of events that have happened. Well, I'd say within the third last thirty years, yeah. that were pretty catastrophic. I would say there was the uh, when Al Qaeda uh, blew up the embassies in East Africa yes, in sir. the 1990s yep. and killed uh, not too many Americans, but hundreds of uh, Africans that were working at that the was American territory, people, by the way, you bet. Yes. Yes. An embassy is considered sovereign territory. And then also another event that had happened over in Yemen, the USS Cole was blown up. And that was a a pretty big threat. And I guess it was just because they said they could just blow up people. Federal courthouses were being firebombed last year. And Bill Barr had to defend the notion that federal courthouses should be protected in front of the United States Congress. And they wouldn't let him speak. Federal courthouses where people go to vindicate their constitutional and civil rights were shut down by the leftist progressive Marxists last year. Firebombed. Night after night, police precincts were taken over. I don't need to hear from Democrats. We were looking for Democrats in those days to support our police. Carmen Best resigned. Other officers resigned because the Democrats wouldn't support their cause. Sorry. I'm yeah. not mad at you. No, I'm just okay. mad. Yes, some, I'm not mad at you. We, no, no. Sometimes it's good to vent. Uh, a song, very few list lyrics. I, I had did the deal of about Mozart and Beethoven. Yes. Uh, okay. Uh, there was a contemporary song. I think it was in the 1960s, maybe early 70s. It was called Mason Williams' Classical Gas. And again, there were no lyrics to that one. It got pretty famous. I'm not sure if it hit number one, but it was quite a ways up there. And uh, just as a house cleaning thing, we were talking yesterday about T.E. Lawrence, Lawrence of Arabia. Yes. 
and and the break goddess and uh we, we kind of described how he was and what he did and what he was doing yes. and putting things into context because again the internal combustion engine yep. had just been invented yep. and airplanes were pretty sticks and paper and stuff so he, he as far as I can determine, basically, he invented what we would conceive of as combined arms operation. Interesting. They had the infantry, the cavalry mounted on horses and camels, and they were supported by the armored vehicles, and then they would send in the uh, close air support and strafe the uh, trenches and the bunkers and everything of the Turks over there. So uh, that's all I have to add. Uh, say thank you very much, Seth. God bless you, and keep up the good work, uh, Professor Liebson. We really appreciate out here in listener land. You're very kind, Mike, and Seth does just fine. Thank you, Mike. He's responding in a follow-up to a, co- a question I put out there. Has a book ever changed your life? What book and why? We exclude the Bible just because it's, well... <laughs> <laughs> it's it's for a lot of reasons. It's just a different book. It's not the kind of book you compare other books to. I guess that's the best way to put it. I remember uh, at Harry Jaffa's eulogy, Larry Arn was talking about a lecture he heard Harry Jaffa once give that Aristotle's book, Nicomachean Ethics, is the most perfect book ever written. And Larry went on to say Harry Jaffa never included the Bible because that's a different kind of book. And I'll just adapt Larry Arne's uh, locution on that. It's a different kind of book. It certainly is. But has another book actually changed your life? Are there books even that you might reread over and over again? Um, Perhaps even a a, a self-help? You know what I'm surprised about? I'm surprised I didn't get an answer that says the big book of AA. I think it's called the big book. The Big Book of AA. Is it The Big Book of the Blue Book? The Alcoholics Anonymous book. I'm surprised I didn't get a call saying that was a book that changed someone's life because we know it's actually changed a ton of people's lives. Uh, let me uh, – Let me. Um, I wanted – there's something important about what Cori Bush said. I know a lot of you have heard the audio in her CBS interview from this morning when she was asked – we'll do it in the next segment – when she was asked about – when she was asked about her position on defunding the police while she herself is paying for private armed security. And a lot of people are, again, playing the hypocrisy card, which is the most um, obvious card to play here. It is the most obvious problem, but it's not the biggest of the problems in what she says or the thought that she maintains and promotes that is replicated throughout too much of Washington, D.C., and I'll share that with you. Uh, on the other side, unless we have time to play Cory Bush here, I don't know that we do. Do we? Okay, good. Play it here. Uh, you faced some criticism in recent weeks over your push to uh, defund the police. Um, the campaign records show that you spent roughly $70,000 on, on private security, and some critics say um, that move is hypocritical. Um, what's your response to those critics? They would rather I die? You would rather me die? Is that what you want to see? You want to see me die? You know, because that could be the alternative. So either I spent seventy thousand dollars on private security Hold it there, Bill. over the last. Hold it there. I think a lot of non-elites in this country who own guns own guns because they also want to protect their lives and think their lives are worthy of protection. You want to see me die? Could we ratchet this up just a little bit more, Congresswoman Bush? Go ahead. 
private security over the last few months, and I'm here standing here standing now and able to speak, able to help save 11 million people from being evicted, or I could possibly have a death attempt on my life. Yes. And we're also talking about the same exact people mm -hmm. who say horrible things about me, who lie to get to, to build up their base. And then because they lie about me, I receive death threats. Mm. Now, they don't address the fact that I received death lies, threats after lies, they go lies on air create, and say horrible lies things Lies create about death threats. Hold it there. She gets worse. But the question was about hypocrisy. And here she's talking about hypocrisy as she still believes in defunding the police while maintaining her own retinue of private security. The problem is not hypocrisy. The problem is actually a violation of every understanding of a Republican form of government, at least this Republican form of government. James Madison put it in Federalist 57 exactly this way. What will restrain members of the House of Representatives from oppressive measures? That they can make no law which will not have its full operation on themselves and their friends as well as on the great mass of society. There will not be one law for members of the House and one law for the great unwashed. That was me. James Madison goes on. This has always been deemed one of the strongest bonds by which human policy can connect the rulers and the people together. It connects between them that communion of interests and sympathy of sentiments of which few governments have furnished examples, but without which every government degenerates into tyranny. You want to bring back the word tyranny? You want to bring back the word fascist? Wanted to say that the president is tyrannizing our communities? You can cite Madison talking about Cory Bush. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. David is in Phoenix. Hello, David. Hi, Seth. Uh, thank you for having me on. I um, just wanted to say thank you for what you do. Um, you bring a very, very scholarly atmosphere to your program and i do appreciate that you bring forth the words of of very prominent people in our history in our infancy and you let us know the words that they said to build this country i couldn't even imagine the strife and the hardship and the just the the time in which they just were surviving and then at the same time building a country um and 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 bringing forth the the, the law and the precedent, you know, as they built it and, and just the sheer number of it. And you're bringing, you're invoking our forefathers. And I think that's important for us right now. Oh, well, thank you, David. I appreciate it. Look, um, I, I really do. There's not a tremendous number of outlets where we can talk about a word that used to be fairly prominent in our society, but is long gone. And that's the phrase or word constitutionalism. You're not going to learn the Constitution in law school. There aren't very many schools throughout the country that you can learn it in, in graduate or undergraduate. And there's an assault on it in our elementary and secondary curricula, starting with the fact that the Declaration of Independence as our founding document is out and some date, some close to 150 years prior, is all of a sudden in. That's not some small thing. That's curriculum designed 
and created by the New York Times, a newspaper, by the way, that most government college classes in um, in Intro to Political Science require you require you to subscribe to, require you to subscribe to. So it's the New York Times vision of America versus the Founders' vision of America, and. When we talk about making America great again or keeping America great, it's the America that Frederick Douglass knew. It's the America that Abraham Lincoln knew. It's the America George Washington and James Madison bequeathed to us through the words of Jefferson and the words of Madison in our Declaration and in our Constitution that begins with we the people, which understands the we as all of us and that people are people by dint of being human beings and not members of a race or any other immutable characteristic except the fact that they are human and that is the only immutable characteristic we seem to want to care about or should care about. It's a funny thing when the progressives not only change the date of our founding but the notion that a human can be, in fact, mutable, changeable. Everything is under assault, including the laws of nature.